Welcome back to the Jim Leach Show. It has been a, a very big 24 hours in the fight against COVID with CDC approval yesterday authorizing the Pfizer vaccine to be given to children ages 5 to 11, the first time that children that young have been approved to receive the COVID vaccine. Today, the Illinois Department of Public Health went along with and formally adopted the CDC guidance, giving the green light to public health departments around the state to begin administering the shots, which they will be doing here by the end of this week in Sangamon County. To talk more about it is the Sangamon County Director of Public Health, Gail O'Neill. Gail, as always, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Jim. We appreciate your help getting the word out. Obviously, uh, a lot of parents have been waiting for this for a long time. I'm sure there are a lot of parents who are still holding back, not really sure if they should take the next step. So uh, I guess just give us the the big picture. What do parents need to know uh, about this vaccine, uh, about its safety, its efficacy, and and, uh, about making the decision as to whether or not to have their child vaccinated if they fall in that age group? Well, this vaccine has um, been studied extensively, and actually this um, dose is given to the children 5 to, to 11. Um, it's a different part of the Pfizer vaccine altogether. They made this specifically for this younger age group, so it's not like we just pull out a little bit less out of our existing vials and, and uh, use it for the children. This is one that's been directly made for this age group, and it's um, been proven to be very effective and and very safe. So, can, can I ask about that? Because I thought the last time we were on, you indicated that you could actually just use a smaller portion of the existing vaccine doses you had on hand if need be. But that's not in fact the case. That's not in fact the case. Okay. I was apparently very wrong about that, okay. and I'm glad to know that. Yeah. So that's um, and that's a good thing. So actually, we still have so many. You know, we have three vaccine choices to give. So they're actually sending this one out with a different colored top on it because they know it's a challenge um, with the variety of vaccines that we have available. So, uh, yeah, so this is special just for the youth, and it's felt to be a very good and will be continued to be study a good, effective vaccine. Uh, and as you noted, it is a, a, a smaller dose than what the uh, adults get here. Uh, it has been studied and reviewed uh, and so now authorized. Uh, but even though this authorization came down from the CDC yesterday, IDPH today, you're not going to be able to administer the first shots through public health until Saturday. What's uh, what's the delay? Because I'm seeing some people on social sure. media who are saying, Gosh, I want to get this as soon as possible. Why do I have to wait? Right. Well, pediatricians, well, one, we just got vaccine yesterday, so we weren't sure what we were getting that. We also are, um, you know, trying to do it at times where parents uh, have time available to take their children and they don't have to take them out of school. So we've been trying to be mindful of that as we make the appointments. And we are doing this age group by appointment only. We want to make sure that, you know, our system is down pretty well. We're used to doing um, vaccinations on kids from two months all the way (laughs) up till whenever. So we... uh, are going to run it through our clinic, and we do only have 300 doses to start with. So we want to make sure we have a real safe and effective plan, which we believe we do, and that um, starting on Saturday gives people time to make those appointments. Uh, the uh, appointments went live online through the Simon County Department of Public Health website earlier today. Can you say what kind of demand for uh, the shots you've seen so far? It seems to be pretty pretty. Uh, there's a good demand right now for that. I think Saturday's full, and um, then we'll have times on Mondays and 
Wednesdays and Saturdays as we do this. So as we get through this and as we have enough supply of the vaccine, we will increase the number of slots available. But we thought we'd do a kind of a, a slow roll to make sure that everything goes well and that, um, you know, we provide really good service. We aren't going to do this through the drive through we think vaccinating kids that are 5 to 11 is a little more challenging than reaching in the car. Some of them may be small, um, you know, some small five-year-olds and, and others, so they may not have a muscle, enough muscle in their arms, so it might be, need to be done in their thigh, and uh, that's not done too well in a, in a vehicle, <laughs> that kind of setting. So um, we're going to have the parent guardian in with the, the nurse and... Uh, give these vaccinations. Uh, I just went and had my booster shot yesterday and had to uh, once again, you know, fill a little bit of paperwork and present some information. What documentation or information will parents need to have on hand when they bring their child in for the COVID vaccine? Not really any. They need they need to attest that the child is, in fact, between 5 and 11. And um, when they come back the second time, because this dose, this vaccine is just like what we've um, all been through. So three weeks later, they need to come back and do it again. So uh, the second time around, they'll need to bring their, their vaccine, vaccine card. But for now, they just come in and uh, tell us that their child is between the you know, pro- appropriate ages, and uh, we will vaccinate them. Will they have to show proof of insurance, anything along those lines? No. We, um, if people have insurance, we will take that information so, cause, because we can bill for administration, but we don't turn anybody away that doesn't have that. Uh, one of the you know obvious recurring points of discussion throughout the pandemic has been whether children are really at risk from COVID-19. Uh, and so therefore, again, it becomes a question of do the, do the benefits of the vaccine outweigh any possible potential risk, even though, again, uh, studies have indicated there's not much risk to it. Uh, but from that standpoint, what is the benefit uh, of getting children 5 to 11 vaccinated against COVID since we know that kids in general haven't gotten as sick from COVID as older adults have. Overall, you're right. There hasn't been that many that are very sick. Uh, however, we have seen a few children um, hospitalized uh, in the past from and have COVID. Um, the statewide number is, you know, in a, a few weeks in May and June, the number of children um, admitted to hospitals had increased by, by five, five times. Um, so they're, you know, and I don't know if that was right before school was getting ready to go or, you know, the kids, you know, they are in close quarters when they're on buses or in school and birthday parties and sleepovers and all those kind of things that put them at risk. So they may not have as bad a time with um, surviving the uh, COVID infection, but they also can, you know, really help spread it too. So I, I think that's an important point of, uh, you know, that they can spread it to other children. They can spread it to uh, vulnerable adults in their household. So this, uh, again, is potentially another layer of protection there. Gail, as you mentioned, we're talking with Gail O'Neill, Sangamon County Director of Public Health. You mentioned you're getting an initial allocation of 300 doses, which doesn't seem like a, a lot, but how easy will it be to get more if you run through that batch? pretty quickly. That's what we don't know right now. So we assume that it won't be a problem, but until the supply line, you know, I don't know if we have to wait till we're down to a half or we'll probably find that out later this week on how the next layer of, um, you know, of information is. I thought we should ask for more, but they were starting everybody out with 300. So that was the, the fair way to do that through the state. So if it'll, if it'll start coming on a regular basis weekly or every other week, we'll have a better idea how much we can order.
In the meantime, uh, the last time we talked, you you said that you had seen a a pretty big increase in adult vaccination doses or those ages 12 and up, really. Uh, And a lot of that probably had to do with booster shots. I got one of those doses in my arm yesterday, as I mentioned. Uh, The last time I checked over the weekend, those numbers were still substantially higher than they were several weeks ago. Is that continuing? And is it, again, primarily just uh, people getting the booster shots? Or are you getting uh, any more increase in people getting vaccinated for the first time? We actually are still busy and still seeing nearly 200 people a day and maybe 250, which is kind of a change. Most of those are boosters. However, I'm starting to hear about people who are getting the the one vaccine for the first time. And I think, especially with the people I've chatted with, there's, you know, they've decided, well, they're going to start to travel. And the places that are requiring you to show your vaccination status, or if you really want to go somewhere, especially on a cruise or on a, you know, visit somewhere else, even in the United States, that the requirements for vaccination are getting a little tougher. So they're just kind of um, deciding, okay, it's been, it's been enough. I'll go ahead and get my first vaccine and, and get vaccinated. We had really good news today with only seven new cases, and that's the the lowest one-day total we've seen since mid-July, right around the time that the Delta variant surge started. Uh, So seeing the numbers coming down like that, are you breathing easier, or is it still too soon to to kind of relax and and exhale a little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm still cautiously optimistic, but we had, you know, we had an increase of three more people hospitalized. So having 15 people hospitalized and seven new ones still gives me a little pause that there's still sickness out there and people that um, are susceptible. You know, I, I think back to, to last year, and we started to see the uh, cases climbing late September, but it got colder earlier last year. We started to see some really chilly weather end of September, early October. It stayed warmer a lot later this year, but now the cold weather is really upon us. So what is that telling you about what we might be seeing in the weeks ahead, especially getting into the, the holidays? Yeah, the Halloween and the holidays is a little concerning because it was colder and people are going to be moving in inside and having um you know, the holidays are coming and we're going to just have it cold pushes, pushes us all in and they're probably bigger groups than we'd had before. So there's um, concern for people to just be cautious. Um, I think we're done with trying to, you know, totally tell people not to, to socialize, but, the, you know, use distance and um, people you know or people you've been around and masks whenever you're in a, a crowded area is our good our best defense right now. Uh, Gail O'Neill, again, for people who would like to uh, be able to get their child 5 to 11 vaccinated or schedule that booster shot, or maybe there's folks out there unvaccinated as of yet, but are thinking, okay, maybe now it's finally time. Maybe I should get it. Uh, What's the best way to go about doing that? Well, they can go to our website, which is scdph.org, or they can call our hotline, which is 217-321- Two six zero six, and either can answer questions or um, make appointments for you. There are other outlets that are providing the vaccine as well, Walgreens, CVS, etc. But again, you can also get information at the Sangamon County Department of Public Health website, scdph.org. Gail O'Neill, before I let you go, uh, I, I can't let you run off without asking uh, just for any update, if there's anything new on the situation at animal control. We've been talking about it a lot in, uh, in recent days. Uh, anything uh, different there? Have we heard any more about some of the ongoing investigations of what's been happening there? Uh, not with the investigations. We continue to work to um, deal with some respiratory illnesses in our animals and to try to uh, 
improve any place we can, but we're certainly moving in the right direction. As we reported last week, uh, you signed off on a complaint that apparently originated with Animal Control against Illinois Humane, uh, alleging that they may have been improperly handling some uh, some cats here. Uh, what was the, the basis of that complaint? The Illinois Humane believes it's retaliatory for some of the concerns they've aired about animal control. What prompted all that? Well, the... Um Department of Ag came to do our investigation, and they had asked for some documentation of our treatment um, plans and how we had treated some of the animals, and with some that were um, being publicly acknowledged in the community and have specific questions. So we uh, we provided documentation of, of our treatment when we had animals under our control and anything else we knew of, because there was a variety of animals that had passed away late leaving our facility. The complaint letter suggested that uh, Illinois Humane may have actually extended the suffering of animals uh, in order to paint animal control in a, in a bad light. Is is that something you, you think happened? I, I have no idea. That's well, Hopefully an investigation can, can decide that and we'll move on from there. Gail O'Neill is the director of the Sangamon County Department of Public Health. We always do appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you.